0: Welcome back to my best friends and engineer. I'm Lexi. And I'm Libby. And today we have an amazing interview with Rachel, who talked about her experience being a fire protection engineer for Amazon to handling emotions as a woman in STEM. This was a great conversation and we touched on so many topics.
1: Literally so many topics. You need to keep listening. This um, might be one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done.
0: Yes, we need like a part 17.
1: <laughs> I know, Literally, we were like, okay, this is going to be part one of a billion because this was such a good interview.
0: But before we spoil it further, let's talk about our weeks. Libby, how have you been?
1: Yes, let me get into my tea of the week because I have literally so much to update you on. I made a list of my tea. I literally made Are you made serious? Amazing. I, was, I made a section on my notebook that says catch up with Lexi and made bullet points. Because <laughs> I didn't want to forget anything. So much going on. So, first of all, I was telling you over the weekend because we met up, because we went to the Miami Northwestern football game, which plug in it, they won.
0: Go Miami. <laughs> Go
1: football. <laughs> we are such funny girls. I literally knew nothing that was going on. Um I don't I don't even know how people get the ball in football. I'm sounding so stupid right now, but I'm just gonna be authentic and true to myself because that's what we talked about in today's episode.
0: That is so funny. We were just making fun of well, not making fun of, let's not say we're making fun of, but we were, we were very entertained by the rawr of the Northwestern. Oh my, God. oh my God.
1: Okay. So you guys, Northwestern, they're the cats. And in the stadium, every time the football team does something good, also, if you're listening to, and you're from Northwestern, no tea. I just, I thought this was so humorous. The little overhead speaker goes, rawr.
0: <laughs> like it it's so funny because every time it. Yeah, we would just look at each other. We're like, oh, they did good. <laughs> good job. Uh, apparently they did something good. <laughs> um,
1: but no, okay. I was telling you at the game that we got, we did some interior design over the weekend. Um, actually, when I say we, I mean completely me. I didn't tell Brett of any of my decisions. I just went <laughs> out and I did things to the house. Uh, found a couch on Facebook Marketplace for free. It is this L shaped black couch. It's literally like the material of a jeans almost. I don't know. Like it's so comfy. Like the previous owner, it's, it's just like the perfect couch because it's lived in, you know, it's like, it's comfy. And before we had two couches and Lexi knows what our living room looks like, but I don't know, like it was just feeling a little bit cramped in there. Like it was a little bit small for like the clunky couches that we had. And so Brett and I had always talked about how we wanted to get rid of those two couches and just have one L couch. Because when we first moved into our house, I was like, so concerned, and we can honestly do a whole podcast episode about like about this. But I was so concerned about like furnishing my house for like other people to be in my house. Does that make sense? Like when we were picking out furniture and stuff, I was like, oh my god, like we need to ha- make sure that we have six places to sit in case we have six people over at the same time. And I'm <laughs> like, what? what? It's literally Brett, me, and Elsie literally three. That's so funny. (laughs) Two people and an animal that live in this home. So like, I don't know why I was so concerned about providing seating for everyone. But, um, yes, we got a Facebook marketplace couch for free. Here is the kicker. I texted the woman who posted at 8 PM on a Thursday. And she said, uh, you have to pick it up before 10 30 PM. And I'm like, what? Uh, okay. SOS Brett. I literally called him and I said, nine one one Facebook marketplace emergency. And he called up his buddy and he said, yo, dude, Libby really wants this couch. Can I borrow your truck and your trailer? We get the truck in the trailer. We drive to this person's house. It is a no contact. Good. I don't want to see the person's face anyway. And it's free. So nobody's <laughs> outside of this house. Brett and I are loading it up into this truck and trailer. We go home. I'm driving the whole way home at 1030 PM with the brakes on him on the highway because I wanted to make sure this couch didn't fly out. Um... So yeah, couch saga. We got a new couch, but then I was like, "We we need new decor if we're gonna get a new couch." So I drove to IKEA the next day, Friday night. I spent my Friday night. It's eight p.m. I'm pulling up to IKEA. They close at nine p.m. Okay, I run in, literally run through IKEA because you know how IKEA is. You can't just go to the one section that you want to go to. You have to literally run, run through the whole entire store and see <laughs> all of the different departments to get where you want to go. <laughs> I show up to the rug department, the exact one I wanted, boom, there. I pick it up, check out. I have regrets when I get to my car. I wanted this lamp. Why didn't I pick up the lamp in the first place? Go back into Ikea, run through the whole section of the store, find the lamp, (laughs) pick up the lamp, get home. I'm telling you, this is a saga. That night, I forced Brett to rearrange the whole thing. (laughs) Because I knew that I was going to come down and see you on Saturday. So I was like, Brett? we're taking both couches out of here we're taking we're vacuuming we're wiping the walls down we're cleaning the floor <laughs>
0: We're wiping the walls
1: i was like windex I mean, on the walls
0: all right get your rag
1: I'm like, I'm like um mr clean white white eraser and like all of the things so anyway yes the living room saga is over i feel so happy about it i can't believe we found a couch on facebook marketplace and Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's been my update for, like, how stuff, work has been crazy. I don't know. We're just working through this thing that's, like, really confidential that I can't talk about. But I'm essentially doing some investigative work to find out how things happened on a project. And it's just been really stressful. So I was so excited to come tonight and, like, do this episode. I feel like I need a distressor, distressor. And last update to share is that... My cystic acne has been so bad, literally so bad ever since I got off the PILL and my face. (laughs) I've never had acne. Okay. Never. Not even in high school. I have such deep on my cheeks. It's deep. It's not even whiteheads and it's itchy and it hurts. So I finally was a big girl and I called the dermatologist and I made an appointment for the end of November. But in the meantime, Brett was like, Brett had really bad acne when he was in high school. And so he was like, Try out this Neutrogena stuff. This is what I used. So I'm trying it out. But now, like, my face is so flaky. Like, it's flaking off. Like, I don't know if you've ever tried to use, like, acne medicine or anything like that. But, like, I'll put on makeup and it's literally, like, patches because my face is, like, uh, shedding. I don't know how else to describe Mm -hmm. it. But I hope it helps. But... Oh. Sorry, I just feel like I um, hijacked the mic. It's because it's, I, I had so many things because I wrote it all down. It's your tea
0: of the week. You did not hijack it. You you I had, had the so floor. You talk as I long had, as you want. Yeah, I had so much tea to tell you. Okay, I have a response list. Okay, first of all, the living room looks amazing for all the listeners. It looks like the couch looks amazing. I thought it was so like a love sack. I can't believe you got it for free. That's I awesome. I love the setup. Okay, that was my first one. Second one, um, the Mario Badescu drying cream is something that I've had Ooh. luck with acne-wise. So I'll send you a picture of what it looks like, but or maybe we'll tag it in the show notes.
1: Literally, but, yeah.
0: Yeah. that is what has helped me a lot. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. Was there anything else I needed to address? Um, I can't believe Miami won. No offense to Miami football team. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, I can't believe they won.
1: Um, speaking of them winning, we hung out on Saturday. What is your tea of the week?
0: My week has been good. So Friday, Friday night, this was such a wholesome weekend. I loved it. I had, yeah. like, I just, it was just so wholesome. So Friday, Joey and I made pasta, like... From scratch? Homemade pasta. Yeah, because oh, his, what his family got a, yeah, his family got a pasta maker. So we're making this little pasta. We are making the little powder. So it was a powder that was compressed through. And we were like, it was so funny because we we're both like looking over into like the little window and we're like, I don't think it's working but Wait, it was pasta like, powder the, it, well this that's why we were expecting we were expecting a dough but uh-huh, the way uh-huh. that the machine worked it was like taking in this powder and compressing it through what and the then we we're like looking in the window and then all of a sudden you have pasta strands on the side coming out and we're like wow. wow so that was so fun so we're gonna try and so yeah we cooked we did spaghetti squash yeah we got all the veggies it was very cute and then Saturday we did a, our little photo shoot so loved that um, we were walking around the mall. We're like, where is the picture,
1: people? <laughs> With my Aunt Annie's feeling like models. Yes.
0: <laughs> so we did that. So that was splendid. And then we did the football game, which I feel like whenever I go to a football game, it reminds me of fall. It just makes me feel wholesome. You know, we went to a restaurant before it just sat there and relaxed. I loved it. But, you know, I didn't stay long. I'm not going to say I stayed for the whole time. You you stayed the whole time. You were so good. You know, we tried.
1: So <laughs> we tried to be yes. football girlies.
0: And then after we got the best nachos, the best, I already talked about them, but I need to address that. And it was just, I just, I, 10 out of 10, but then this week so far has been, yeah, this week has been good. I've been on site these past two days, which I kind of like out of the house. I think I like getting like the fall crisp air because usually I don't walk outside anymore. I have been bad about walking, but so yeah. But other than that, we're just good. I don't think the week should be too tough, but yeah, 10 out of 10.
1: I think we can now probably get into our listeners tea of the week. Lexi, what tea do yes. you have to share?
0: Jane said, team building with my new department was a scavenger hunt at Dave and Buster's. It was horrendous. <laughs> this one makes me laugh because uh, because our Theta Tau formal one year was at Dave and Buster's. Do you oh remember my God, that?
1: it was a disaster. It was, I was just a menace running around Dave and Buster's. I was to see him play the game, so I can't even imagine what <laughs> team bonding looked like.
0: Yeah, that is so funny. Well, you, at least that I'm at least you your some games. trying to bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> That's so funny.
1: All right, Libby, what do you got?
0: What do you have?
1: <laughs> All right. Sam sent in that she got a B plus on her fluids exam. Honestly, get it? That is amazing. I personally Woo-hoo. loved fluids. So I can relate. I, I love studying fluids.
0: I really didn't like, mm, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that you because know. what if they listen? Mm, well, I was going to say about professor-wise. Eh, she's not going to listen to this. She's not going to listen to it. No way. No way. No way. I do not have a very good experience. I just – some professors don't really mesh with their teaching style, and that was one of the classes where I did not mesh. I What's the opposite of mesh? I like
1: – um <laughs> Hit a wall. Uh, Demagnetize. I don't know.
0: So, but congratulations, Sam. Now, without further ado, let's get into Rachel and all things fire protection engineering. Today, we are speaking with Rachel. Rachel, can you give our listeners a little introduction and kind of a little background information?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, hi, everyone. Um, My name is Rachel Lillian Feld. I'm a fire protection engineer at Amazon Web Services, so at Amazon, and I joined the tech industry six months ago, but I've been in industry for, I guess it's a little over six years now. So I graduated with my undergrad um, from the University of Maryland in 2016, and um, my my bachelor's was a degree in fire protection engineering, which, um, you know, is Most people haven't heard of that type of degree before. I actually didn't before I went to University of Maryland. I was originally studying mechanical engineering and um, I also have a a master's in interdisciplinary engineering and engineering management through Purdue. And I got that degree while I was working um, at my previous employer. And um, yeah, so I'm just really excited to be here and thanks for having me guys.
1: So many things to unpack. Your resume is literally so impressive. I want to start with your work experience. So is Amazon Web Services, is that like the typical Amazon that we think of, like that we can order and do Prime from? And what does it mean to be a fire protection engineer for them?
2: Oh yeah, so great question. So Amazon Web Services is um, like their cloud computing of Amazon. So I uh, work with our facility center side, so that's like Amazon Prime and all of that with their fire protection engineers and their insurance um, team and stuff like that. But Amazon Web Services is specifically more like the tech side. So if you think of data centers, um, even battery storage, anything like that, um, that's kind of like more on my side. So I get to learn about all the cool stuff that's happening at Amazon. Um, you know, my, my email is amazon.com. So it's it's one company, but I more focus on the data center side.
0: You mentioned that you didn't know what fire protection engineering was, you know, as a major. I personally have never heard of that major. So I would love to learn more about what that entails and what made you choose, you know, this major versus, like you mentioned, mechanical engineering you were thinking about.
2: Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I think I get this question all the time and every single time I love to answer it. So, um, I'm, was really fortunate. Both my parents are engineers and I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was applying to schools. I knew, um, you know, I wanted to help people. I loved working on teams and my parents were like, Hey, why don't you look into engineering? You happen to be stronger at math and science than, you know, English and history. So I was applying to schools, you know, mechanical is very broad and, um, I originally actually even wanted to do biomedical because I, I just love the idea of helping people. Um, but University of Maryland didn't have biomedical. They only had bioengineering. So um, I was mechanical. And I just, I would think I was a mechanical engineer studying for a year and a half. Um, and I i don't really know how to describe it, but I really couldn't find my place. University of Maryland was really large. Um, the physics and all the basic classes just didn't really Come that naturally to me. I had to work really hard, like most engineers, I I would think so. But, um, and I had a friend on my floor who, um, you know, I guess it was my sophomore year at the time, and he was studying fire protection engineering. And I was like, oh, what, what is that? I've never even heard of it before. And we just um had a few conversations on how he um kind of fell into fire protection, and basically it came down to you know, your job as a fire protection engineer, I found out is to protect people. And I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. I don't really want to work on cars and pumps. And, you know, okay, I want to help people. So this sounds great. Um, honestly, a big perk was at the time, I didn't have to take physics three if I was a fire protection engineer versus mechanical. So that sounds really, really appealing. Um, but I was worried it was going to be um, too specialized. And, you know, I, I called my parents. and I was like, there's this really niche opportunity um, University of Maryland has. They're the only undergraduate Credited um, fire protection engineering program in the U.S. There's other schools that have great masters programs, and there's other schools that have fire science degrees, but like actually pure fire protection engineering. So my parents were like, "Well, well, can you get a can you get a job? What does that look like?" I'm like, "Great question." So I went and talked to um, one of the academic advisors, and I was like, "Hey, can you?" can you show me the different options as a fire protection engineer if I were to graduate with that degree? And she basically was like, you know, it's 100% job placement. There is never enough fire protection engineers. Um, You're a specialized engineer. So a lot of times you make more than, let's say, a mechanical engineer. And here's the four-year plan. And I looked at, compared the two four-year plans between um, mechanical and fire protection. And I was like, okay, um, I get to take fire and life safety. I get to take fire dynamics. So all of these classes that just sounded so much more interesting to me than um, some of the other coursework that I was you know, geared up to take. And I still had the opportunity to study abroad, which was super important to me, even though it was such a niche degree. I was like, okay, so this doesn't really hold me back. And um, I switched and it has been honestly the best opportunity that I just happened to fall into. I've gotten a lot of just really cool career options um, kind of come my way just being in a specialized and small industry. So um, I, I think, you know, I wish more people knew about the industry because it's just been so awesome um, to be in a field that is not really known. Um, but if you think about it, we're always going to have fires and you're always going to need fire protection engineers. So it's a job that, um, you know, I don't see it ever going away. So
1: you mentioned that University of Maryland was really big, and at first it was kind of hard to find your place. Um, a lot of the audience that we have listening uh, can probably relate to that as they're college aged. So if there's somebody who's listening who is majoring in engineering or some other STEM degree, and they're also kind of feeling that way, what would your recommendation or advice be to that person to kind of find their people or find their place within college?
2: Awesome question. I knew you guys would send some good ones my way. So um <laughs> Something that I really recommend and um, I'll I'll hopefully be able to get a chance to get into, you know, my past over six years in my career. But um, I've worked a lot with universities and um, developing like our branding on campus and and our internship programs and things like that. My previous employer and something that I always tell the students um, is. And and you'll hear this in industry. I think it's one of the most important things in industry as well. Uh, You really just want to build that network and ways that you can do that is, and I know you guys have really been involved in Theta Tall, which was one of the um, organizations (laughs) that I worked with uh, when I was um, helping, you know, my my last employer really brand on campus. So I I love that. Um, But I, when I first started at University of Maryland, um, I was out of state, I didn't know anyone um, at on campus and I kind of felt like I had to like go to all these different types of organizations. I wanted to do everything and I learned that um, really being involved in a few organizations. Once you kind of experience, if you're like, okay, where can I really dive in and be involved? Not just like show up to the meetings and, and leave. Like where could you maybe see yourself being on a board position? So you really can develop those relationships. And a lot of organizations have these mentoring programs. I'm sure you guys in your organizations on campus had that. And I just think mentoring and building your network. And I've heard it um, throughout a lot of the different um Pod uh, podcasts um, that you guys have done, you know, just that mentoring and that support system. And I think it is so imperative um, in the, the workplace, but also in your undergraduate or even graduate, like any academia. So yeah, I just think like being involved but not outstretching too thin. Um, so just finding those opportunities that you really do connect with and you can actually like invest time in, I think is great. Um, I think something that just keeps coming up in my career that I never really could articulate earlier is like what actually energizes me. Um, so, you know, obviously every every job you have tasks that um, maybe are a bit mundane, but I really tried to think, and actually one of my mentors in my career a few years ago told me this, like, kind of start pinpointing I'm seeing you really light up when you talk about this task or this type of you know relationship that you have in the workplace and when I think back to the um, organizations that I really dove into those were the ones that like I just felt energized with when I would leave those meetings and um, I don't know so that's probably the one piece of advice I'm sure a lot of people have heard that before but I think it's good to reiterate so Theta always finds a way into yeah. these
0: episodes, <laughs> one way or another. But I really liked your point about, you know, finding an organization that you can really get involved in. And it's kind of, you know, what you put into it is what you get out. So I really like that point. But you mentioned something earlier um, regarding your education that interests me. So it was the inner interdisciplinary engineering masters, I believe, or at Purdue. Can you talk a little bit more about that degree and what that entails and what made you interested in it?
2: Oh, yes. Um, so I um, did my undergrad, started working because I was like, you know, am I going to like fire protection engineering and in industry as much as I liked it in academia? Um, so, and also just being out of state and I was like, okay, I want to start working and see. I always thought I wanted a master's. I didn't want to need it. Um, so engineering is great because a lot of disciplines you don't need a master's. Um, it can only help you though. I am fully in support, obviously, of continuing your education if you have the opportunity. So um, I picked an employer that I knew um, also supported continuing edu- education. So that was really great. Um, they were super flexible. They provided monetary support, which was awesome um, because that's something that I, I needed. And um, how I picked my degree was I realized that I was gravitating more towards the people side. Like I liked the technical stuff and I liked what opportunities I had through the technical fire protection realm. But what really was energizing me was building relationships and working with people. And fire protection engineering is an interdisciplinary degree. So um, I like on any day, I am working with countless different engineering disciplines, the electrical engineers for fire alarm, mechanical engineers for, you know, sprinklers, fire suppression, fire pumps, different things like that. Um, Our security team just um, for for different, uh, I guess, uh, passive fire protection, you know, if there's fire barriers or just, you know, whatever campus we're working on. Um, And also our architects from our life safety and egress side. So I noticed that I really liked the more strategy big picture. And a lot of fire protection engineers are actually mechanical engineers that just happen to fall in an industry. Um, you know, there's that gap where there isn't enough fire protection engineers. So they make um, fire protection engin- um sorry, mechanical engineers do fire suppression and things like that. So I was like, well, I definitely want a more general degree. I don't want a fire protection master's because I already had that specialty. Um, and I also, um, for one thing or another, you know, my dad's an engineer, but has an MBA. And I was like, you know, I think in industry, it's really great to kind of broaden your horizon. Um, and, one way or another my company would not support an mba and i was like you know Why don't I just try a more technical degree? So the interdisciplinary engineering degree um, with a, so it was basically in a concentration with engineering management at Purdue was one of the programs that I found that my company supported and how I described it. It's like two thirds systems engineering, one third MBA. So when I graduated, I have a master's of science in engineering, and I also have a graduate certificate in systems and a graduate certificate in business management. So I took four business MBA classes yeah um, it was awesome and being in classes with um, uh, you know MBA students was just really helped with that management piece. I did have to take like you know advanced accounting and I was like will I ever need this but um, it just really helped give me that like I think full picture um, and a lot of people ask like, oh are you going into systems engineering now that you um, you've know, got your master's in it uh, and I was like i I could and maybe at some point, but I'm still really liking fire protection. Um, And especially, you know, I I happened to graduate with my master's this past May after over four years um, and I switched jobs for the first time in March. So there was a lot happening within, um, you know, 2022 for me. But, yeah, that's a bit about the degree. And I guess I want to touch on how I picked that masters um i and i had like an excel and i was like what are things that are important to me in my masters you know i'm choosing to do this i'm choosing to give up my free time um pay some of my money also have my em- employer pay um so i you know looked at things like obviously i wanted a school that was you know well ranked, um, it didn't have to be number one, but I wanted them to be respected in the industry. I wanted to have flexibility to take classes that I felt were relevant. Um, I also, it needed to be virtual, so pre-COVID um, had to be a virtual program um, because I was working full time. So, um, and you know, uh, I looked at different cost structures um, and technical versus non-technical. Like there was other things I considered. Did I want um, a mechanical engineering master's? Did I want a more um, engineering leadership master's? So I kind of found one that was perfect in the middle for me um, and really just allowed me to get a better opportunity to um, be a better fire protection engineer or also go into more maybe engineering management or just open up that door so that I wasn't going to be pigeonholed into fire protection if at some point I ever want to change.
1: Congratulations with obtaining your master's. Um, That's really cool to hear the process that you went through to pick a school to get your degree in. Um, I'm not saying by any means that a master's is on the horizon, very close for me, but it's definitely something that I've considered. So it's kind of cool to hear that process from your point of view and like what you valued when you were going through that. Um, But in addition to getting your master's, you also are a professional engineer and I followed your story on TikTok when you were sharing, um, you know, getting ready to take the PE. And then when you found out that you passed, I'm pretty sure I was crying along with you while I was yeah. watching that video. That is an incredible accomplishment. What were some of the biggest challenges maybe mentally that you went through while you were going through trying to get your PE?
2: Oh yeah. So that's, I think how we started, you know, we're kind of, we're introduced to each other. I Honestly, took a video. Um, you know, I, I'm not that into social media, I would say. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not that creative, but I'm, I'm really not. Um, I really just love connecting with um, people. And um, I kind of took that video for myself and then just, I don't know, on a whim, happened to post it. And I guess people like seeing someone emotional on social media. Um, and I realized that. I was told a lot throughout my career that um, being a female in STEM, you have to hide your emotion um, and throughout, and we can get, hopefully get into this later about like actually what, um, how I, I think like having that emotion and of course not, you know, crying in every meeting, but having the emotion showing your authentic side has really helped me really excel in my career. But going back to the PE and kind of what I was going through and the challenges, because I feel like I, I, um kind of skip over your questions sometimes like, oh, let me go back and and actually answer what you guys asked so um, I was going through a lot, so I took the p e october twenty twenty um as a it is a fire protection engineer p e there it's only offered one day a year, um, and that is because they are not a lot of fire protection engineers, so I was told they just, you know, don't have a lot of questions, so they can only offer it one day a year. So already a lot of pressure. October 2020, um, I happened to be on a four-month business trip to Knoxville, Tennessee at the time. Um, I left early May 2020, I um, had to go to one of our mission critical sites. So, you know, COVID was very, very fresh as everyone's very well aware of the timeline. Um, So uh, the PE timeline is you typically apply around March. So I applied and then a few months later, I was, um, you know, in an Airbnb for four months. So I was all throughout the summer working really hard because we were understaffed um, and uh, studying for the PE, but there was a few complications with my PE um, experience. One of them being, it was the first time the fire protection PE was being given um, computer based. So typically, um, I don't know if you guys, um, uh, you know, are are totally, you know, in tune to the timeline of like some of the PEs have transferred um, over to computer-based and others are still written, um, but fire protection for the first time was going to be um, computer-based in October 2020. So one day a year, first time being computer-based. So of course, there's not that many resources um, as, you know, you know, all the years before you could take practice exams and things like that. Um so I got back, so that that was one challenge, right? Just studying while working really, really hard in COVID. Um, but I was on site every day for those four months. Um that's why I had to be on a four month business trip. Um so all of those things added a little bit of um heightened, I would say, stress to the situation. Um and then just myself putting pressure. Everyone knew I was taking it. I purposely did not take a master's class that semester because I was taking the PE. So um I was like, you you know, oh, my God, what are people going to think if I don't pass? Which, granted, the amount of people that have told me, you know, they didn't pass the first time and whatnot, of course, helped, but still didn't um, really calm my nerves and my perfectionist side. Um, so I would say, like, the biggest challenges um, were just the pressure I was putting on myself and um, the just... Kind of experience that i personally went through just with the business trip and uh the environment of the the pe that i was taking um I I don't know. I I think um, I'm a huge advocate for the PE. It's something um, even if you don't necessarily need it in your current career, you never know, um, especially for the physical, engineering, mechanical, civil, stuff like that. Um, Even if you are, let's say, consulting and you don't need your PE, I still think um, you never really know where your career is going to go. So it's easier to take the exam when everything is fresh, um, in my opinion. So Yeah, those were some challenges. Um, I mean, also just little things like having to wear a mask at the testing center. So trying to calm myself down um, while sitting there for eight hours. And um, I I do think the biggest things that helped me were just um, practicing in the environment that I was going to be taking it. So you're not allowed to um, have water or food unless for your allotted break. So I would try to take practice exams in the same environment and um, with a mask on which was not enjoyable. So um, yeah, I mean, all of those things. I guess that's just like one quick tip. But um, I definitely recommend if you are in an industry, especially to consider taking the PE, there's so many resources out there. Um, But yeah, you can get through it. Because I I think after going through what I went through, especially, you know, moving and all of that while I was on a business trip, it's it's possible to, to make it happen. So
1: totally agree with, like, taking it even if you don't need it. I'm mechanical, and I took the mechanical FE, and I'm going Mm -hmm. to probably take the PE, but I don't, like, necessarily need it for my job, but, like, I'd rather have it now than be, like, an old fart and be a 50-year-old woman. Yeah. Not that 50-year-old women are, like, old, but, you know, and, like, not have the knowledge fresh to be able to do that that, that intense exam.
2: Yeah. And real quick, something that I would say, um, because I, when I was on campus, I would get asked this question a lot. Should I take the FE? Should I take the PE? And um, I would recommend for those students, and I apologize if this already came up um, on your guys' podcast already, but look at jobs that, in, let's say you're in a job and you're really happy, but you're like, oh, Okay, in the future, what type of job would I want? Um, And for me, when I was looking at jobs, it um, typically sometimes would say PE um, highly recommended, or it would never typically say PE mandated. But if it's like PE recommended or PE preferred, that's always a really good indicator of I should really be considering this. Um, and again, not all engineering um, does need the PE, but it's something that no one. If, if you have two identical resumes next to one another, and even if your job doesn't need the PE, um, you're gonna pick the person that has the PE just because you're yes. like, oh, they they have this extra credibility. So just my my two cents. It will never hurt you. Um, besides, it just takes away a little bit of your free time. But if you have the the capacity to do it, I, I highly recommend like
0: Definitely. Well, that is an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. I did want to touch on, you know, you've made a comment earlier about being emotional in the workforce as a woman. Um, I'd love to dive deeper into that and get your thoughts.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, there's so many stories I could talk about this. Um, but my, my main thoughts and honestly, why I've been posting a few TikToks because I'm trying to help normalize emotion in STEM, um, I I think that being authentic and um, is so important and and that makes you happier in your job and that also makes it way easier for you to build connections and um, if you have connections and you have that trust with your colleagues whether it's your direct report your supervisor your peers um, and I think um, early in my career I thought I had to be this especially working in the defense industry because my my six years prior to tech was defense, um, pretty heavy. So, um, you know, I was around this very um, typical environment. If you think of defense and government contracting, and I thought, you know, I could never show emotion. Um, I had to be very. Um, you know to the point no small talk um and and really just execute and honestly i became an extremely good executor in that role and it's something that i even honestly today at work i was um for the first time in a few months started to feel uh, those emotions coming up and i was on a call with with one other person and um i even felt myself like pushing down those emotions and not wanting to articulate like um you know, my frustration that I, I was so good at executing my last job and right now I'm feeling the churn and just my frustration. And I had to remind myself, it's it's okay to be transparent about where my frustrations are, as long as, you know, you could still articulate where you're at. Um, and it actually, I think really helps build the connection. So where I was told earlier in my career and, and, you know, my parents are incredible. Um, I, I am so lucky that I have them, but you know, they grew up in a time where you could not be, um, uh, you can have emotion in the workplace, especially as a female. So, I had to, you know, talk, uh, go through, you know, a really long conversation with them one time about. I appreciate you guys are saying, you know, you want me to look the best in in the workplace, but having emotion can actually be a good thing as long as you're not letting it get the best view and and maybe that's not happening every time but if something is emotion, or like coming up as emotion, it kind of helps show your passion, which I think has been really, really beneficial um, in my career and just kind of excelling in ways that i didn't think it would it would help so i think there's always a balance but um kind of like why i started posting tiktoks like i said is just to help normalize that conversation that um getting rid of emotion completely actually in my opinion isn't the best option um it's having that balance um and being able to show that passion um can really help just those relationships. I feel like I'm going to be a broken record of it, but, um, yeah, that's, that's just kind of my two cents on, on emotion. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you have any other follow-up questions to that, but that's kind of my thoughts on it.
0: Well, I'm glad we touched on that. Cause I feel, you know, I personally am dealing with that right now. I'm, you know, in the same mindset, I cannot show any emotion. I need to be professional, mm-hmm. no small talk. And I think we touched on this a little bit in last week's episode. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny how this, how this is full circle moment.
1: Yeah. What was it like being a female in the defense industry? Um, I want to learn a little bit more about your career prior to being an Amazon Web Services fire eng- fire protection engineer and mm-hmm. what your career looked like before you entered the tech space.
2: Oh, yeah. So um, I did not think I was going to go into construction. So I guess as a fire protection engineer, there's a lot of different opportunities. Um, you could go into arson investigation, which is actually what I originally thought I wanted to do until I was sitting in a class and they put up a crime scene and I was like, nope not going to be for me. Um, I was like, oh, I want to protect people from fires. And so, you know, being in design and construction um, so that you can build facilities that um, are safe for the occupants during, you know, operations. Um, I was like, that, that sounds really cool. But I never really thought about being on a construction site. Um, also in fire protection, you know, you can do research um, uh, and just I guess a whole other, uh, if we want to get into that later, just different options, you know, in insurance or, or whatnot, um, consulting, but, you know, consulting can mean a lot of things. So I um, had an internship in project management and then had an internship um, for a government contractor. Um so going into my senior year and it was designed to support construction. Um, so being on a construction site um, and, you know, Libby you worked in the power generation um, world. So you, you, I think um, understand a bit of that as well, the oh yeah um, atmosphere that you're in. Um, but it's just, it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's rougher, but um, e- even still now, um, and I also look a little young, but um I, you know, someone curses in front of me, and they immediately apologize. And I'm like, you don't have to apologize to me, like there are other people in the room. And it's just an interesting um, environment. And I, um, I guess I never thought I would, I would be in it, but basically, so for six years, I worked for a contractor and I worked on mega projects. So anywhere from multi-million to multi-billion dollar complexes, mainly for the government. Um, so my main clients were the Department of Energy and the Department of Defense. I worked on um, a uranium processing facility. Um, I worked on a chemical weapons demilitarization facility. So, you know, uh, really, really just very unique projects, a lot of requirements, a lot of um, veterans, which you learn so much from um, people who are in the service. Um, but again, very, uh, you know, very um, not, uh, I guess, high energy like I am. So um, I would kind of match a lot of the people in the room because I never wanted to come off too strong. And, um, that was always something that I tried to navigate, especially early in my career. Like again, coming off in that, in that brand that you guys were talking about the personal brand, um, you know, that I wanted to kind of match everyone, um, who I was around and that even came down to in the beginning, I was wearing clothes too big because I wanted to, um, not, I guess not give anyone the wrong idea, but just, I wanted to really kind of fit in and, um, being in the defense and mission critical side, um, it was exactly what I wanted. I wanted to you know, help society and I'm um, doing that as a fire protection engineer where my job is to protect people. And of course, protect the assets, protect the environment, protect business continuity. But my main job every day was like, how, if I make this decision, will someone get hurt or will someone die? And um, I still live by that decision every day. And um, I I would hope other fire protection engineers do as well, but um, it also puts a lot of pressure. So Um, my first few years in the career, I constantly was trying to prove myself and prove my credibility. Um, and no one was really making me do that. I had amazing mentors, um, that I, you know, ended up finding throughout, especially early in my career, I felt so fortunate, but I had this, um, again, perfectionism and, um, you know, just. Uh, the imposter syndrome, you guys have had an episode on it that I loved. Um, I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was until I listened to a book. I I kept saying I never had the technical confidence. I just need to build my technical confidence. So kind of long story in my career, right? Um, Defense, very, you know, I was in the office every single day around, you know, this very typical type of government um, employees and, Um, Just trying to find my place and find where I added value, honestly, um, because it took a while to not want to burn myself out. So um, I loved working on mega projects. I mean, the stuff that we build is first of a kind, and it was just incredible to work with the technology that has never been done before. And be on a a fire protection team is smaller compared to your other mechanical teams. So being able to work with project managers and really articulate to them, hey, if you make this decision, this is the risk you're willing to take on. And um, I mean, my job is really communicating and um, understanding the risk and making sure all the right players understand what that risk is. And even if it has a cost and schedule impact on what that looks like and um, a lot of a lot of project managers and project directors don't want to hear that but um, you know it's I feel really fortunate in my career that I was at a company that, you know, valued um, safety and that was the number one thing. And that was important um, picking a company that that had similar values. So yeah, um, for six years, it was, you know, worked, whether it was nuclear power, um, environmental management, we worked on a nuclear um, waste treatment facility. That's going to be the largest in the world when it is built. So um, just the scale of the projects was just honestly phenomenal to see. Um, So that was kind of my first six years and, Um, Yeah, it was, it was really cool to be on construction sites and navigating what um, being a, you know, early career female on a construction site, especially being at such a niche industry. Um, Yeah, so
1: I can totally relate to what you're saying about being in such a niche, niche industry with like working with construction Mm -hmm. type people. I mean, I had an experience where I walked into the trailer and one of the Mm -hmm. guys in there was like, Oh, put your head or put your earmuffs on, you know, mm-hmm. you're about to be around all these grumpy men. And I I kind of looked at him and I was like, are you talking to me? And he's like, yeah, put your earmuffs on. We're about to swear. And mm-hmm. I I just kind of looked around and I walked out of the trailer and I was like, what just happened? Like, it was just so odd. Just like what you're saying of being like a, a woman earlier in her career around these like people who are a little bit more rough around the edges. mm mm-hmm.
0: I loved hearing about those topics of those projects. First of all, that is just, I am intimidated already. I'm like,
2: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of crazy how you end up where you end up and you just fall into it. But, um, I mean, I, Libby, I, now I want to ask you some questions. I'm like, how did you handle that? But, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, that can go through. But yeah. It's, no, I,
1: it's- I, I mean, I, I just, I, whether or not this is good or bad, I always just typically lean on the side of like humor. Like, it was just easiest for me to always just be like, mm-hmm. oh, ha ha ha, like, you silly guy, you know, like, you don't have to do it with me. But then like, deep down, I'm like, what the heck just happened? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah that's great see I don't I'm, I'm not funny so I am always just like oh, and then awkward and then go tell all of my friends about it later because I don't know what else to do um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, I, I think I um maybe I don't know if this had to do with like the imposter syndrome tendencies that I had but especially earlier in my career and, and even just happened recently on a construction site I um I don't know I think um I I get the secondhand awkwardness because I'm like, I feel the people around me having to change because I'm there. And I know you really just have to own that. And I'm sure there's a lot of great content out there on how I can kind of get over that. But um, yeah, that's that's great that you found what works for you, Libby. I think I'm personally still figuring out because I kind of um, just stand there awkwardly and I'm like, okay, so let's change the subject. And then I go, you know, more after. Yeah, um, which maybe isn't the best. I know a lot of people are like, oh, like you should say something so the behavior doesn't continue and stuff. But for me, I think a lot of times I'm just so caught off guard that it still happens. Totally. Um, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen for now and go deal with it on my own. And then if I feel like I need to revisit it or it's a reoccurring problem, I will. But in the moment, I don't know. But that's probably, I don't know, at least that's what has gotten me to where I am right now. I'm not saying that maybe I uh, can't change that in the future, but.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I'm so glad that we were able to talk about, you know, being a woman in the defense field, to what a fire protection engineer is, to you know, handling your emotions as a woman in STEM. Um, but before we ask our final question, Ooh. did you have anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't really um, address in the episode?
2: Oh, um, I I think I mean you guys asked some. Awesome question. So I, I guess the only thing I would say is, you know, um, there's so many different career paths out there. And um, if anyone is interested in learning more about fire protection, I'm happy to answer more questions. because I feel like I didn't get a chance to dive too much on like what a day to day looks like. But I'm um, really the big thing and it comes up a lot um, I, um, through your guys um, podcast that I've heard is. I wanna reiterate building that network. And if you aren't sure what you wanna do, just reach out to someone and ask to have like a 30 minute to a half hour call about what their day-to-day looks like. Because even as a fire protection engineer, there are so many opportunities I could have. And when I worked for six years at my last employer, um, I had many different fire protection roles on, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of different types of projects. And that was just in one small industry. Well, I wouldn't say defense is small, but, you know, in one industry. Um, so, yeah, there's so much you can do. Even as a specialized engineer, there's so many options. So just um, keep doing, you know, doing stuff that you guys are doing. And I think it's great also what, what you guys are doing and helping um, really people transition um Throughout their careers. It's, it's just awesome. And I, I love to see it. So,
1: we could probably do a whole another episode all about like your day to day. Cause I feel like, like you said, we, there were so many other things that we probably could have talked about. Um, but the way that we like to close out every episode of My Best Friends and Engineer is to ask our guests, our guests, these one question. And it is knowing what you know now, what is the advice that you could give your younger self?
2: Yes, I, I do know you guys do this. And there's so many things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Uh, god i I really really couldn't pick one thing to tell you guys but i, I if I have to pick one um that I would tell myself you Don't need to know the answer to everything and you're not expected to know the answer to everything. And also it's better if you're transparent when you're like, you know, I don't know the answer, but I will get back to you and you follow up. I think the big thing is finding where you add value um, and where your strengths are and really kind of pulling on that and still, you know, learning and always finding what energizes you, like I mentioned earlier, but um, yeah, that it's okay that you don't know the answer to everything. And it doesn't mean that you're not a credible engineer and it doesn't mean that you're not good at your job, but if you're actually, you know, your authentic self and honest about, Hey, you know, I'm just going to follow up with you tomorrow. I know Libby, you've said before um, put a deadline on it and be like, Hey, I will get back to you at this time. That's probably the biggest thing. So just um, being okay and comfortable and get comfortable with not having the answers to everything, but if you're reliable and um, that's, that's really, you know, you show up, that's, that's the best thing I think that you can do and being a perfectionist will only burn you out so that's probably you know I probably threw more than one thing in there but
0: that is awesome advice especially for someone who is transitioning into the workforce awesome well if if our listeners want to talk to you and learn more about fire protection engineering or just see what your day-to-day looks like where can they find you
2: I actually again I'm not like I had to look up what my social media stuff was because I knew that was a question. So, um, um, I guess Instagram and TikTok, I would probably say um, it's the same for both. It's Rachel, Rach, R A C H underscore L I L I E. So, Rachel Lily. Really, that's probably where. And, you know, I've had people um, on my TikTok comment and ask to um, talk about, you know, different things. And I don't know. I just, it, I just, if there's anything I can ever do to even help one person, um, I think it just—it's just I would do anything to to make that happen. So, totally open if anyone wants any advice. I've um, been mentors to a lot of different um, early career people, and I, I love it so much. So sometimes better than the day job, even though know, I do love my day job too. But. <sighs>
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today's episode. This was probably one of the most energizing conversations I feel like we've had. This was awesome. Definitely need to have you back for a part two. And yeah, thank you for being here.
2: You. Yeah, it was so great to meet you guys. Thanks again.
0: Well, that was amazing. Like we have touched on in the intro, touched on during the episode, we would love to have Rachel back and talk about more aspects of her experience in general. So if you have any questions, be sure to, you know, leave a comment on the reels we post or maybe, you know, stay tuned on our stories for our little question boxes. Yes.
1: And if you guys like this episode, be sure to text it to a friend, share it with them. There are so many nuggets of information in this episode. I cannot believe how much advice Rachel gave that was actionable and like actually things that you can apply to your own schooling, career, work, etc. Um, if you like this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Leave a written review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to take a screenshot and send it into the link in our bio for a chance to win a $100 Visa gift card as well. Anybody who screenshots their review and submits it will be entered to that giveaway.
0: We have an event coming up October 18th. It is our Compensation Negotiation Workshop, which can also provide some actionable advice for you guys. So make sure you go check out that link in our bio as well. Mm, I was trying to think of like, I always try to think of something funny as I go and say, what can they talk to you about Libby? But I don't know. Where can they find you Libby? Let's be boring. Where can they find you?
1: <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Libby Beyond the Label. And Lexi, where can they find you?
0: You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Engineer Lexi.
1: And we'll be sure to put Rachel's information in the show notes as well if you want to reach out to her to learn more about being a fire protection engineer.
0: Yes. All right. I'm Lexi.
1: And I'm Libby. And
0: thanks thanks for for listening listening to my best best friends
1: friends and engineer. engineer.